2: Hi, this is Bennett Kelly. Thanks for listening to Cyberlaw and Business Report. Before you take a recess to hear the latest internet law news and commentary, you are hereby ordered to download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Okay, maybe not ordered, but why not? You can listen live to my show and all our show hosts every day on our live stream or download past episodes with ease. So, download the Webmaster Radio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in the Google Play Store. It's an open and sharp case.
3: All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now. Please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good
2: morning. This is Bennett Kelly with the Internet Law Center broadcasting live from the heart of Silicon Beach here in sunny Santa Monica. Please be seated. We have a great show for you today, which happens to be on the 100th anniversary of the first baseball game at Wrigley Field, which was then known as Wigum Park. And uh, I don't know whether they won or lost, but my bet would be it's the, um, it's the latter. But um, we've got a great show for you today. We're gonna t- we have uh, Stan Stahl returning, and um, Stan is with Citadel Security and Information Systems, and um, he's the head of ISSA LA, and uh, we're going to be talking about cybersecurity. Um, but before we do just uh, a few um, housekeeping matters, we just want to let you know that uh, information about today's show is available on our blog, which is at cyberlawradio.wordpress, and we tweet at Cyber Law Radio, and you can find all sorts of information about this show. And you can also find information about the upcoming um, Silicon Beach um, congressional debate that we're trying to organize. It will be um, May 24th edition here. Um, live from Webmaster Radio and streamed through iHeartRadio. And uh, we have information on the blog there. Or you can go to SiliconBeachDebates.com um, and you have information on all the candidates and um, um, and the issues that we um, are asking them to address. There will be specifically a technology technology debate with uh, the seven leading candidates um, running for the seat held Currently held by Congressman Waxman, uh, that covers the Silicon Beach area, and um, since it's an open seat and since so it's a rare, um, a rare instance, we thought we'd um, take this opportunity to um, express the um, make sure that the voice of tech is heard, and so we're asking the candidates to really address the issues that are germane to Silicon Beach, and um, we're going to air it here, and uh, but. Um, the invitations went out yesterday, and as soon as we start getting responses to the questionnaire, we'll be posting them on the blog as well. Again, that's at cyberlawradio.wordpress, as well as on the um, debate site, which again is um, siliconbeachdebates.com. So without further ado, let me welcome once again our good friend, um, Stan Stahl. Are you with us, Stan?
4: Yes, I am, Ben. It's a pleasure to be
2: here. Thanks for the invitation. Um, always a pleasure so Stan um, a couple of things we'd like to go over obviously uh, uh, one is this I guess let me back up Um, you know at ISSA LA um, summit last year um, the keynote speaker was um, the former Google CEO Eric Schmidt um, and um, who just came back from his role at the White House and at that time I, I asked him the question about how do we get to the point where there's actually market incentives for cybersecurity, and I don't know if you saw my, my blog post on the, in, at Cyber Report today, but um, the um, ILCcyberreport.wordpress.com, um, I posted some updates on cybersecurity. All of them seem to point to moving, you know, maybe anciently, in that direction. And let's start with, you know the SEC is taking action and um, you know, going to Wall Street to see whether they have adequate cybersecurity.
4: Right. Uh, saw that report. It's, it's important. I think it's an illustration of, of at least what I hope is a trend, which is more pressure from regulators, even in the absence of, quote, official regulations who are having trouble getting something like that through Congress right now, but still, there, there's a lot that uh, the government can do, in in part, just in shining a light onto the practices of uh, whether it's financial services firms, uh, brokerages like the current situation,
2: or or in others. I mean,
4: we, you look around, you look at whether it's it's the Target breach, whether it's it's all the botnets that we're finding uh, around the the world today. Um, cybercrime is is much more challenging. Uh, than it has ever been. There's more of it, and we need a, a multi-pronged effort to to kind of get our arms around this, if you will. And and a key piece of that, frankly, is is the government doing more.
2: And what would you like to see them do? I mean, because obviously, I don't know if you heard the, the leadoff about the this Silicon Beach debate. Um, you, know, if you were. Um, if you were talking to one of the, the many candidates for the office, there are actually 18 in total, um, what would you want to hear from them on cybersecurity?
4: Well, I, I think there's a lot. First, there's we, we need better research. We need, you know, and, and when I say research, research and development around some of the protocols we use, we'll, I'm sure, talk about Heartbleed later. But the fact that, you know, Heartbleed is open source, there's very little money that goes into developing it and maintaining it and yet it's up against defending the you know so many uh, websites and routers etc against cyber criminals who are spending their you know time twenty four by seven finding and exploiting vulnerabilities so we, we've got to in, in do a better job of investing in, in good security from the and, and the government can help us there the government can also as I just said shine a light on companies so that we better understand what they're doing, or more importantly, what they're not doing to appropriately protect information. Uh, the government can also work with the ISPs and, and uh, you know, the, the, all, the, all the points of presence, if you will, on, on the Internet. Um, there's a lot that they already know about where attacks are coming from. They, the ISPs and, and the government, more information sharing there, more information sharing in a community basis like we're doing here in Los Angeles uh... can 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 be of value as as well and these are all things that the government can step up and do that aren't necessarily costly they you know don't fly in the face of this anti-regulatory uh... perspective that we currently have in fact they can be very consistent with us with it but at the same time helping get one's arms around treating the subject of cybersecurity with the real um,
2: the 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 real intensity that it requires now um related to that um, the other the other announcements all seem to add up is into that same point you have the justice department and the federal trade commission saying listen you know you competitors can share information when it, when we when it relates to cybersecurity obviously you don't want to be sharing pricing information, but you can share information on, on cybersecurity. Um, another major development was the retailers announced that they're going to form a, a body to, to facilitate the sharing of um, security information as well. And, um, and then lastly, there's a, a, a consumer group that's um, trying to um, provide information for consumers on what the security record is of the companies you're dealing with, so all of those and and then concomitant kind of with that is the is some reports that there's an increased use of insurance. All of those seem to suggest a, a greater possibility that there could be a market pressure for cybersecurity.
4: Well, I, I completely agree. I, I think that all of those forces coming to to play. Uh, Along with, I mean, the the Heartbleed situation just yeah. surfaces
2: how and target you know, how,
4: how and the, the target breach and and so on. Uh, so certainly, we're, we're seeing those 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 kinds of market forces uh, coming to bear. There's also, a, a, I think, a, a greater recognition that information sharing—it's uh, its time has come, if you will. Uh, one of the things I'm proud of of our ISSALA chapter here in uh, here in Los Angeles. For about a year and a half now, uh, I've headed up a group of financial services companies here in Los Angeles. We meet once a month uh, to discuss cyber security challenges. Law enforcement meets regularly with us. And on May 15th here in Los Angeles, we're holding the first invitational workshop on information sharing between these two groups so that uh, first we'll get in one room, all the appropriate players, security and treasury people from financial services firms, people in law enforcement, particularly the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office. And we will be looking to do two things. One is just real basic, let's sit and talk and get to know each other better about cybercrime and how collaboratively we can more effectively deal with it but then also putting together some real plans for uh, sophisticated information sharing platforms that over the next couple of years we might be able to uh, put to use here in Los Angeles so that we can all do a better job of, of protecting protecting the community in, in a sense. Um, what, just one example of, of how this can work that you kind of – when I first heard it, frankly, blew me away. Uh, one of the major banks in town identified about $100,000 worth of credit card fraud um, coming from some number of their, their customers. Mm-hmm. They ran it through. They, they, they did some analysis on the cards and identified a particular restaurant here in Los Angeles that was the source, uh, the, the common point that all of those cards had in common. and They took that information to the DA's office who, with that information, reached out to one of the credit card companies. uh, In this case, it was American Express, and was able to surface now a million dollars of fraud that had previously just just was sitting there. Nobody was paying attention to, okay, let's go track it down and do something about it. Now, with the DA's office having that information, they went to the restaurant in in question, uh, identified that those computers, the computers, the point-of-sale system, at the restaurant had been breached, and we're able to, A, fix the breach, B, stop the crime, and arrest some of the local people who were involved in that breach. Unfortunately, others involved in the breach were out of the country and consequently were not able to be brought to justice. But even the ones that were brought to justice and even just stopping the crime is, uh, to me, a good illustration of what's possible here with improved information sharing.
2: Can you say what the restaurant was?
4: I'd rather not. Okay. Why, you know, just to, uh, assume it's, you know, a, a restaurant here in Los Angeles, it could be one of any, because uh, in fact, if you look at the recent uh, Verizon uh, report that just came out yesterday, their data breach report, uh, restaurant and hotel point of sale systems are under heavy attack from the cyber criminal uh, world.
2: And, and why is that? Is, is there something, is this the volume?
4: It's the same question. Why did you know when Willie Sutton was asked why do you rob banks? Right. He, uh, he said because that's where the money is. Uh, you can sell credit cards if if you get credit card information, uh The more able you are to sell it, um,
2: and
4: uh, you know, there's money there. There's money to be made in, in uh, stealing credit cards.
2: But is is there is, is getting that information somewhat? Rev- Easier from a, a restaurant as opposed to um, a, a mall, you know?
4: You mean like a department store or something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's it's a good question, and I, I don't fully know the answer to that. My, my best guess is that um, one of the things we see regularly with small businesses, small commercial enterprises of all kinds, is that they are easier to hack than our bigger enterprises because they don't have uh, the same level of security protection. They, d- they don't have the professionals that are in there working in alongside of IT to keep the systems appropriately secured. In fact, it's often the case that uh, they, they don't really have security expertise. So it, to a cyber criminal, it, it becomes a trade-off. I can hack into a small enterprise easier. I will get fewer credit card numbers because they're small, Right. But it's it's an easier it's an easier crime, if you will, to commit, as opposed to attacking a target. Um, harder to do, although in this in the Target's case, because they went to a vendor, it was still somewhat easier. But it's still nominally harder. But when you succeed, you get more from it. So it's that's the, the you know is is the cyber criminal the one who you know. Uh, Smashes a plate glass window equivalent in a storefront and steals stuff out of the window, or is he the person who goes into a bank with a gun and attempts to steal, you know, several hundreds of dollars?
2: So um, I, let's get to the the scandal that I guess everyone is talking about, and you you, you alluded to it earlier on, Heartbleed. Um, for the uninitiated, how would you explain what Heartbleed is?
4: Uh, first, anytime you're on the web, let's say you're using either Internet Explorer or Firefox as your browser or Chrome whatever, uh, you're up in the bar where the address is and you'll see typically HTTP colon slash slash right. in the URL. When you see the HTTP/ slash, slash, what that tells you is the communication back and forth between the user's computer and the website is just an ordinary non-encrypted communication channel. And that's used for most things that don't have financial implications behind them. In the case of financial implications, that HTTP will be replaced by HTTPS. The S stands for Secure Socket Layer SSL. And there are lots of different programs that companies can use to actually run SSL between the user and their own website, that secure socket layer. OpenSSL is just one of many programs that that a company can use. The advantage to OpenSSL is that it's free. It's what's called open source software. So what happened was um, a vulnerability, a bug, was found in OpenSSL. That's what generated all the news. And now the last couple of weeks, uh, all this rush to fix the bug. What the bug basically did was to someone with a little bit of knowledge and expertise, it gave that person the ability to read memory inside the computer connecting to the internet from the the, the commercial website running SSL, running Open SSL. So information that was supposed to be protected, was in fact not being protected, and that information could contain passwords, it could contain credit card numbers, it could contain all kinds of sensitive information, and it was just sitting there, uh, 48,000 bits of it at a time, as I understand it, so you know, the cyber criminal can just go get 48,000 bits and come back and get another 48,000 and so on, and just keep doing that and then start analyzing the those bits of information, finding the, the sensitive crown jewels amongst it. Uh, the error was, you know, in the OpenSSL was, was the standard kind of thing uh, you wouldn't expect to find. It was there. It, the, the programmer uh, has acknowledged he frankly just blew it in, in coding uh, OpenSSL, the, the version of it that, that was, uh, you know, that, that had the vulnerability in it. And as I say, so with it, if a website's running OpenSSL, their, uh, information A lot of that, that information that is meant not to be shared was, in fact, very, very available.
2: So, um, one story hmm. that has come out is that the NSA was aware of it for two years, and just right. um, and, and exploited it.
4: Yeah. Uh, saw that story. I I tweeted that story. I also tweeted subsequently a denial by both the NSA and the White House. This is one of those interesting challenges, because if the NSA did know about it, given their charter of protecting Americans uh, from particularly terrorist attacks, the, the NSA has to monitor as much as they can of the Internet to see what's going on, you could understand the NSA not alerting the world to there's this problem here, but, in fact, exploiting it, particularly on websites that might be known uh, places where, where terrorists or people involved in terrorist activities or terrorist sympathies uh, might be you know, websites that they might be using. So you can make the case that, in fact, they were properly correct, if they knew it in not sharing that information on the other hand given the amount of cybercrime that could be committed by those who know knew of the vulnerability before it was patched uh, you could also make the case that in the not, in the national interest they should have very quietly alerted open SSL community to fixing that bug and pushing it out into the, into the internet infrastructure uh, Rather than letting it sit there for two years. So I think you right. can argue the case either way. Uh, part of what, to me, the analog is, and I think that uh, it, it ultimately, you know, this is a very, very deep philosophical kind of issue, if you will, around politics and government and democracy and freedom and liberty and all of those subjects. But it reminds me of one of the stories from World War II when, after we got the Enigma machine from, you know, we were able to decode it. Uh, so we had understanding of what the German communications were, we were able to decrypt their messages. We decrypted a message that uh, talked of a small town in England being bombed the next day or two days later or three days later, whatever it was, and Churchill had to make a decision. Do you warn the people in that town that they're about to be bombed? potentially saving lives, but if you don't do that, the Germans would now know you could decrypt their right. messages. Or do you let that bombing go on? And I mean, if you think about it, I mean that, that's that got to be one of the most challenging, difficult questions a leader has got to answer. And
2: yeah, do we know what the town was? I look
4: at Hartley very, very much in that same spirit.
2: Do we know what the town was? Yeah, I, I, I could find out. I don't remember. Okay, I, I was really curious because, yeah, uh, you know, when, when
4: Churchill had what a five-volume set of you know history of World War Two somewhere in there. And
2: somewhere right? in one volume, one through five. So um, we're going to take a probably sh-
4: three or four.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if it was Coventry, since that was the, the big soft, sore point for Churchill yeah, that led that led yeah. to Dresden later.
4: You. During our
2: next break, I'll, I'll look that up. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of which, we're going to take a short break, and um, when we come back, we'll be talking to Stan Stahl about Heartbleed and other um, cybersecurity issues, and you're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report here on Webmaster Radio, streaming live on iHeartRadio.
0: Stay we'll
3: be tuned in. for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. And events...
1: There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game.
5: And that's the ball game.
1: Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi!
0: The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the 18th Annual International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Award site. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. The call for entries has begun, and the deadline to enter is May 30th, 2014. Go to www.webaward.org
5: and sign up today.
0: Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn, optimize, connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Want to learn what it takes to drive truckloads of targeted traffic, convert the highest percentage of leads,
3: and make the most money? traffic leads money on demand anytime inside the internet marketing channel only on webmasterradio.fm the best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here this is the cyber law and business report only on webmasterradio.fm
2: and we're back um, talking with Stan Stall about the latest in cybersecurity, and um, we we're just talking about um, the NSA and uh, Heartbleed. And um, you know, my reaction, and granted, it was somewhat of a just kind of a visceral reaction when I heard that the NSA was aware of it and exploiting it. You know, I you you had a more nuanced view of what they're. Um, their mission is and i just thought that if you're if you're allowing this to happen yeah you're you're an agency that's kind of forgotten your mission and um and you know maybe maybe it it can't be reformed maybe it has to be shut down and start from scratch i don't know Uh, certainly you know i I think there's two points of view very very strongly uh, actually sam could you speak up just a little yeah,
4: certainly. I, I think there's 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 certainly two points of view on this, and uh, maybe that's the right segue to the ISSA LA summit because uh, May 16th at at our annual summit, one of the things we'll be doing in the afternoon is having a uh, uh, a panel discussion on the Ed Snowden versus NSA set of challenges. You know what 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 all that exposes. Um, I, my, my own sense is, as you and I have talked about this in the past, is you know, I think this balance between liberty on the one hand and security on the other is perhaps one of the most profound challenges a free people has because we certainly have, you know, if, if we are to secure ourselves, at some point we have to be willing to give up a certain amount of our liberty to do it. But at the same time, we have to be very, very cautious that we don't give up too much or we find ourselves in that place that Benjamin Franklin spoke about you know where if we give up too much we don't deserve either liberty or security so we have a, a session on uh, the afternoon of May 16th uh, which we're calling privacy and security in the age of NSA and Snowden and we've put a panel together that includes Stuart Baker who's the former assistant secretary for policy at the Department of Homeland Security he's now an attorney uh, in Washington We've got Alexander Abdo, who's a fellow of the ACLU National Security Project. We've got Nate Cardozo, staff attorney with the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Monica Ryan, who's the chief of privacy and civil liberties of the FBI. I'm going to be on the panel, and some of your uh, listeners may know I also... uh, blog under theagnosticpatriot.org, so I'll be speaking as well, and our moderator is Richard Greenberg of uh, County of Los Angeles Public Health Department as well, so we expect to have a, a really wide-ranging, free-flowing panel discussion around this topic May 16th at our summit.
2: Well, why don't, why don't we jump into that, uh, <laughs> since we started talking about it already. The um... Right yeah uh, this is six, I did that? I
4: just it in.
2: No that was perfect. Yeah. That was as smooth as they come. Um, <laughs> this is the sixth summit you've had. Last year's you had was quite a success. How many people showed up for last year's?
4: We had just shy of eight hundred last year. Uh, something like seven ninety six <laughs> something like that. Uh, uh, last year, of course, we had Howard Schmidt up from uh, the White House and the ISSA international President as our keynote speaker. Uh, again, like this year, we had three specific programs slash tracks, uh, one for executives, which we're duplicating again this year, one for the uh, in-the-trenches professional IT information security, and another focusing on healthcare, uh, HIPAA privacy issues as well. Uh, that same style from last year, that same format, we'll be duplicating this year again. So we have those those three separate tracks.
2: And your your keynote is quite interesting. It's Richard Clark, who mm-hmm. um, served with three presidents, or more. I know two, Clinton and Bush, certainly. Well, I think I think he, he served with the first Bush as well. He, he and might yes. well have, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. and you know, obviously, he became to national attention because of um, you know his testimony before the nine eleven commission that um what was that? i forget his quote the that things that the warnings were blinking, and they were there and uh um that you know that he had been very active on um dealing with al qaeda before before nine eleven and um he kind of faulted the Bush administration for that, and then obviously he then became a a public enemy to the republicans as a result um but he 's okay. since since that time he 's He's taken up the cause of um, cybersecurity. You know, he has a, a book out um, on cyber warfare, and um, I don't I, have, I haven't read it myself. Have you, have you had a chance to review it at all?
4: Yeah, I read it when the that book when it first came out. It was well done, in particular in giving lots of stories, lots of examples of uh, whether it's it's cyber intelligence, cyber, you know, theft of intellectual property, those kinds of issues that we've been facing uh, from uh, certain other nation states. Um, You can kind of fill in the blanks there. Think Iran, China, North Korea, uh, Russia, et cetera. Uh, But all that, you know, that, that, we're already, in some sense, from, from Richard Clark's perspective, already engaged in this cyber war. It's going on kind of under the surface in cyberspace rather than, you know, physical space. Uh, but it's, it's ongoing and continues so, I mean, to this day. I mean, we, we still uh, see just a lot of theft of intellectual property from uh, nation states, uh, you know, and, and attacks on our military installations in cyber and, and all of those things.
2: Now, um, he also sounded somewhat of a recall, a clarion call, that basically we were several years behind everyone else in our our cyber readiness. And and he meant uh, uh, not just on defensive capability, but offensive. And um, I get the sense, this was, I guess, right at the start of the Obama administration, but I get the sense that, you know, the the impression is is that we've made made great strides.
4: Well, you know, it's it's very hard to see what goes on under the surface in the classified world. Uh, I I come out of that space uh, about 20 years ago. Uh, I I was a software security engineer in the aerospace industry, Uh, you know, with clearances and, and whatever. And one of the things I learned when I was there was that what you hear about outside the classified environment and what really goes on inside the classified environment may be very two different, two different stories. So it's 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 not easy to look at our offensive capabilities, which are classified, in many cases, uh, and, and it's not easy to look at those from outside and, and say we know what's what's going on there. I mean, the the best of our offensive capabilities we don't even know about, nor do we want to, because if we know about them. So does the enemy, right? And if That's the, enemy the whole knows point. about them, Then they can defend <laughs> against it. So it's you've got to play that, you know, that 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 card very close to your vest that way. Uh, that said, um, we certainly see stuff going on. I mean, there's a new cyber command. Uh, we we know that the the military is taking cyber has begun to take cyber so much more seriously. I mean, that that is where so much of the next war, if there is to be one. Uh, is, is going to be fought.
2: Now, um, the real issue though here, I think, I mean,
4: from, from the, the world that we see and the world that we can impact, it's more the cyber crime against our businesses uh, and our institutions that we have to, you know, that, that stuff we can see and that stuff we can actually, we as citizens, I think, can do something about over and above what the government itself is doing in that you know internecine classified world that, that they live in
2: so he's also written He has a, I was surprised to see his latest book is fiction but it's about drones and uh, so he's definitely seen to be very much in tune to the evolution of technology and it's intersection with security as well as liberty
4: yeah, very much so, and um, that's part of what I'm looking. We're looking forward to him discussing when he's here at the summit as the keynote speaker. The other thing that he's doing that I think also will be very, very relevant to the attendees at the summit. He recently co-authored a piece in the Conference Board. Uh, this was just last month. This came out called the Board's role in cybersecurity, and if there's one positive trend over the last couple of years that I've seen uh, in the cybersecurity battles, if you will. It's a real strong push to get boards to understand their governance responsibilities when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, one of our speakers last year at the executive forum spoke about uh, plaintiff lawsuit, shareholder lawsuits against boards for failing to properly provide uh... information security governance in their organizations we've seen such lawsuits against target for example uh... there's a shareholder lawsuit against them for the breach uh, that that they went through and we're seeing more of that and richard's got that article now uh, in in the conference board and as you know the conference board is one of those top organizations dealing in and amongst you know what boards of directors boards of governors and so on um, providing guidance to them as, as to uh, their responsibilities.
2: And you also have uh, some of the interesting speakers. There's, is District Attorney Lacey.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, she'll be speaking uh, as part of the executive forum. Uh, we're, we're like incredibly honored that the District Attorney is going to be providing uh, a talk at lunch uh, she'll be speaking at a private lunch just, you know, for the members of the uh, the, of the attendees at the executive forum uh, piece of the summit. Uh, so that's good. And that goes again to this whole discussion of, of information sharing, information collaboration, it reflects the, you know, the ISSA-LA value that it takes the village to secure the village. And, so much of, of what the summit is this way, with, with Jackie Lacey coming to speak and all, is just a, a reflection of how we in ISSA LA are really hard at work building the, the Los Angeles village.
2: Now, would, it would be fair to say that as in this area, would a, a district attorney in Los, Los Angeles be, be more involved in cybersecurity than maybe other places?
4: You know, it's, it's a good question, and I, I have to beg ignorance on what other places are doing, although I've not heard anything like this going on in other places. My, my sense is that with the district attorney's involvement, we in Los Angeles are stepping up um, and doing things differently than what we're seeing in other communities. Um, but that's more. I, I, I can't back that up with hard data. Sure, I that's mean this, I don't, and the same here. I mean it's I you know,
2: intuitively. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. see Montana. You know the, the Butte, Montana district attorney having a major role in its cybersecurity efforts.
4: Right, right. It would be in New York and Chicago and you know places yeah. like that where I would look to see if, if analogous things are going on. And I say I don't see them. Uh, I know. Just I, I mentioned earlier, we talked about our financial services security forum, where we meet monthly, and we've got law enforcement joining us in that. I think this is somewhat unique uh, to Los Angeles. Uh, this whole kind of collaboration between law enforcement and, very specifically, financial services, because that's where so much of the cybercrime, cyber fraud. You know, has its nexus in the in the in this uh, financial services community.
2: And uh, you've got a number of uh, leading industry people um, who are going to be speaking. Why don't you tell me a little about them?
4: Yeah, certainly. So, um, you know, in addition to some of the people I've mentioned already that you know will be at the security and privacy piece, um, we have other speakers. Uh, Debbie Christofferson is. Uh, one of the members of ISSA International. She'll be there speaking, as will Andrea Hoy. Uh, she's the vice president of ISSA International, and Ira Winkler, who is, uh, president, international president right now of, of ISSA. Uh, Jeremiah Grossman, who's the, uh, uh currently the interim CEO at White Hat Security. Jeremiah co founded, um, White Hat, uh, Whenever, that was several years ago uh, and, and he's a leader in the whole subject of website security. Uh, it's one of the things that White Hat specializes in. Uh, we've got George Johnson who will be speaking at the Executive Roundtable, part of the Executive Forum. He's the Chief Security Officer of a company, NC4, and NC4 has built some of the major information-sharing platforms that organizations use to share cybersecurity information. So, again, it's it's part of that it takes the village to secure the village information sharing kind of perspective, if, if you will. Uh, Mark Mayfrey, who uh, speaks with us regularly, uh, he's he's a good friend of ISSA LA. Uh, he's the Chief Technology Officer of Beyond Trust, and uh, he'll be speaking there. Rafael Los, who's uh, part of HP's Enterprise Security Services, will be speaking as well, again, Rafal is uh, a regular at at our our summits. Uh, David Nardoni, uh, Los Angeles native, uh, he does. D- David's been involved in in analyzing and understanding some of the major breaches around the world over the last several years. He's a uh, uh, forensics uh, specialist with Bank of America. Uh, Marcus Raynham, who's the chief security officer of Tenable Security. Uh, he'll be again another speaker and these are all I mean if, if you're in the cybersecurity world you know these names as you know they're they're household names to you if for if, if you live in 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 this world uh, you know and the list goes on we'll have over
2: 30 speakers uh, and, and it's um what's the date The, May the date
4: is May 16th May and 16th, it's being Friday. held it's at the uh, Hilton Hotel up in Universal City. So if you want to take the metro to it, it's right there, easy to get to. Um it's registration starts about seven thirty in the morning. We'll kick things off the program about uh eight thirty, uh, give people time for, you know, breakfast and, and coffee and, you know, snacks and whatever. Um and we'll go through the whole day of uh, finishing with a cocktail party at I think five o'clock or something. Um where all the vendors will have probably thirty vendors there they'll be raffling off prizes as well so it's always a, a, a good kind of end of day wrap up of uh, the cocktail party so it's all day May 16th uh, Universal City Hilton uh, let's say, it's going to be a, a tremendous, tremendous event and for people who are in the field specifically information security specialists We've got on the day before, May 15th, we've got uh, very specific security training. We've got uh, Jim Manico. We'll be talking about uh, secure coding of web applications. That's a half day seminar. Uh, we'll have healthcare and uh, privacy and security, uh, uh, what we're calling a boot camp, uh, with Fred Cobb of Sword and Shield Enterprise Security. He'll be talking about what do you do. Um, after you got, you know, you discover a data breach, um, and the day goes on. And both of these are going to be fabulous days. But with the summit itself, May sixteenth on that Friday.
2: And um, what's th- what's the website if people want more information?
4: Yeah, so go to our uh, chapter website, issala.org. dot uh, There's a link from there right to the summit, or go directly to the summit at summit. dot I-S-S-A-L-A dot org. Now, stand. Um, you can register. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> no, go ahead. And is early bird registration still going on or no?
4: I think that's over. Um, okay. Uh, I, think, I think the early bird re- uh, ended uh, last week. Uh, let me. I can do a quick look on that as, we, and as we're
2: talking. If, yeah. um, uh,
4: no, we can still, we, you got dope. No. Wow, it's good we're on the radio today uh, doing this so because we've got 13 hours road. and nine minutes less for the advanced ticket prices.
2: And what's the advanced ticket price?
4: $149 for ISSA members, $199 for uh, non-ISSA members. That's um, a steal. Student rates as well. And non-profits, one of the things ISSA LA does every year, non-profits can come for free. All they need to do is send an email to our executive assistant, Lisa Pompin, and her email is lisa at issala.org. Uh, so, say if you're a nonprofit, either uh, part of management or part of IT or information security, just send an email to Lisa, let, them know, let her know, and she'll get you registered.
2: Now, Stan, you know, a lot of our listeners are fans of yours, having been on the show so often. And so, if they if they'd like to um, bring you a gift, um, do you prefer cloth, I mean, or a color or white handkerchiefs for after the Red Wings lose? Uh, <laughs> uh,
4: I want a handkerchief with a red wheel on it. The Red Wings. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, well, that's we, we'll hope that's, that's not for following the loss, but. You know, I mean, I, I, I know people from the Boston, New England area who are kind of rooting for the Bruins, and they are certainly uh, deserve to be where they're at. They're a tough team to play against, but, you know, it's uh, they, there's still a lot of games left in, 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 the, in the series.
2: Indeed. I wish we could say the same for the Kings here, but um, yeah. it's a pleasure again having you, and I want to thank you um, for joining us. If people want more information on Citadel, um, where should they go?
4: Uh, www.citadel-information.com.
2: Citadel. Citadel. Great, Stan. Yeah. Always a pleasure. And everyone, um, be sure to check out ISSA LA's event. I went last year. It's a great event, and um, you know, as Stan said, we got some great people coming in. So I hope you'll check it out. And um, we're going to take a break, and we come back. We'll have a wrap up and some updates already on the Silicon Beach debate after these messages. at bruceclay.com.
1: Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking. Inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy.
5: Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Your PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features. Easy. With certified knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date, and if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files.
0: Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now.
3: Welcome to the home of the latest search marketing news and views of the world. Welcome to the State of Search Search marketers from around the world discuss the latest headlines and issues in search engine marketing, social media, and more. State of Search, on demand anytime inside the International Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
2: And we're back and I want to give you a brief update and uh, first of all I want to thank Stan as usual. He's been a a great friend of the show and uh, please check out the uh, the Summit. I think it's going to be a great event. But um, we already have some preliminary responses to the invitations for the um, Silicon Beach debate. Um, Senator Ted Lieu who many consider to be the front runner, particularly since His district encompasses eighty percent of the congressional district that um, Waxman holds. Um, He's he's contacted us. He's he's agreeing to speak with us. Um, Marian Williamson uh, has said that she'll participate. And um, there's actually a very surprising story emerging out of this in that um there is a candidate who's a relative unknown, a guy named David Knuth who um is a public defender, but before he was a public defender and went to law school, he actually was in the tech community. And um he stunned everyone by when the first um F E s federal election commission reports on fundraising came out, he had raised the most money. He raised eight hundred thousand dollars. And he says uh, just a relative newcomer and uh but, you know, he could be the, the Silicon Beach Rocky, maybe. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. But he's agreed to participate as well. He said he's looking forward to it. So um, we've invited seven candidates. And uh, so far, it looks like we got three participating um, already. And so look, I expect this to be a, a fun thing. Um, basically, what the what we sent out was a, a 10 plus 10 challenge. Uh, we, we created a list of 10 questions for them to um, just indicate their positions, if they had any on. Plus, an additional question on whether or not they would support um, amending uh, the uh, bill to amend the Voting Rights Act to restore the Justice Department's authority um, to pre screen um, voting rights, voting law changes in areas where there's been histories of discrimination. Um, That's how the Voting Rights Act was up until the recent Supreme Court decision. And um, so we have, uh, but the 10 questions are all tech. And then we've asked each to give us 10 minutes. So um, initially we were thinking it would be five candidates we would have, but um, after the FEC reports came in, we decided to expand it to seven. So we will air um, as many as we can on um, May 24th, excuse me, not May 24th, May 14th, and then the the remainder will be on the following week, May 21st. And uh, so less than a month away. We will be having the debate, so um, stay tuned. It's going to be interesting. Um, it's this really is kind of a unique opportunity. I mean, you, it's so rare to have an open seat in Congress. It only happens when you, you have the retirements and in such an important seat as this. You know, the um, the the seat for the kind of power center of Los Angeles and also the seat for Silicon Valley. Um, this seat does not include Hollywood, but it does include significant portions of the portions of LA, Beverly Hills, Malibu, Santa Monica, Venice, um, and all the some of the south all the South Bay cities of, you know Hermosa, Manhattan Beach, um, Palisades, and um, so it's an important district, and it's important that this emerging Silicon Beach um, area get, get its voice heard. Um, there are so many, and particularly since tech, as historically, we have not been very well organized, and we haven't been very articulate in in stating our our positions, or even engaging in the process. So this is an opportunity for everyone from um, Silicon Beach to at least find out where people stand on key issues like net neutrality, uh, NSA reform. You know, those are some of the issues we're asking about. So check out the website SiliconBeachDebates.com. And um, see what you think Um, we're we're looking forward to having them and uh, it's it's worthwhile debate and then you know obviously this is just for the primary which will be June 3rd and then we'll have the general election in November which will be a very important election nationwide Um, so definitely we're really excited so far about the the response we've received to date and um, so that's we're pleased about that in addition um, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Reg Levy, for, uh, I appreciate the invite to the uh, event on, um, the, what is the latest doings in the, um, the new generic top level domains. And, uh, it's pretty exciting. Um, there was a a gentleman there, um, they're getting ready to launch dot London. Um, At the end of this month, it will be launching. And people in the London business community are just embracing it. Harrods is going to rebrand as harrods.london. And uh, so you just see the the potential of some of these um, GTLDs. And so um, we'll we'll have a a show on that later on. But thanks again for the invite. It was a great event. It was um, always great to go out to the Annenberg, um, which is, if you ever saw the movie Citizen Kane, um, which is based on uh, William um, William Hurst. Um, it's right at the uh, there's a beach house there that was owned by his mistress, and uh, this event was held at that that area, beautiful area around the beach. So, tech on the beach. What better what better life can you have? And that's what we have here, um, at the Internet Law Center in Silicon Beach. We were happy to be able to give you another interesting show, an important issue of cybersecurity. And it looks like we are making some progress. Um, It's always um, three steps forward, two steps back. But um, good thing we have people like Stan Stahl to help us explain it. And um, so look forward to um, talking with you next week. And... um I don't know where we have, the Asco Do you? But uh, any event, um, it's gonna be another great show. Court is adjourned. Um, be sure to download the mobile app and uh, listen to us wherever you go. Please send postcards. We always like to see where we've been talking. And um, but that's all for me. This is Bennett Kelly, Internet Law Center, saying ciao, here from Silicon Beach. See you next week.